Hello and welcome to Women of Substance. I'm glad that you're listening today. I believe you're going to be encouraged. I have a very special subject that I wanted to teach. It's just been on my heart this week and as I was praying about the podcast. And it's actually in my book, God Loves Women. If you haven't gotten a copy of this, I think it would be really good for you to put it in your library. Many people have told me it's it's a study book. I said, well, I didn't mean it to be that way, but I uh, like to back up things that I say with the Word of God. And, you know, the Word of God is our manual. Um, it, it, uh, if, if we, if we're not going to go by the Bible, then there are no rules or, or any kind of, uh, boundaries or anything. We just make it up as we go. So, um, like Brother Hagen used to say, I'm a stickler for the Word. And, uh, so in this book, of course, I have a lot of scriptures. But also, I think that it's uh, geared really toward helping women with their confidence and um, with the call of God on their life and the destiny that he has for them. So I believe you'll be blessed by it. Um, This is chapter three, and uh, it's about women preachers. So... uh, I'm just going to dive right in here with this and um, read some two of the uh, scriptures I think that religion has twisted and, um, you know, customized to really come against uh, women teaching or preaching or even standing in the fivefold ministry, which is apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. So, um, that, you know, unfortunately, we see um, that Satan's devices uh, in ministry is to always cut down on the laborers. In other words, he uh, doesn't want the laborers to be plentiful because then the harvest is going to be more plentiful. And he doesn't want people to be born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. He doesn't want uh, the body of Christ to come into the knowledge of the truth. So he's, um, I believe, one of his strategic attacks is to lessen the laborers. And Jesus said that um, the harvest is plenty, plenteous, but the laborers are few. And so pray uh, that the Lord of harvest would send forth laborers. And um, I believe that women are part of those laborers. In fact, I think it's a very, very important part. So, um, you know, Satan hates women. He hates um, ministers, and he certainly doesn't want um, more and more ministers being raised up and so powerfully going forth to gather in the harvest of of souls. So know that that is a part of his uh, attack in this. Uh, Sometimes people are just ignorant of the word. And they don't understand what the Bible's saying. And then sometimes it can be a little malicious. You know, they they uh, just have some things, things against women. But God doesn't. God loves women. And he wants to use women. It's very obvious in the Bible that he wanted women to be a part of his ministry. And uh, they uh, contributed to his ministry. They supported his ministry. They traveled with him. And um, then we see even so many women in the uh, epistles and uh, Paul 
talking about these women and how they were so important as ministers. And of course, you know, just look, look at the Bible. I mean, look, why, if God didn't want women to say anything or to be heard, then why would he actually name a book of the Bible Esther? Why would he name a book of the Bible Ruth? Uh, if he wanted women out of it, you know, um, so it just doesn't make sense. It's not reasonable uh, to take a couple of scriptures and just make a huge doctrine out of it. So uh, I want to kind of defunct some of this <laughs> wrong teaching and wrong thinking. But let's look at uh, the whole Bible and see. You know, it's um, not today, but let's take a look at more than just a couple of scriptures and then uh, really see the women that were used in these offices in the Bible. So that if you're called to ministry, I want you to be encouraged today that you can be uh, really excited about that and know that God's behind you and you're not doing anything wrong by preaching or teaching or ministering the word. So let's look here in 1 Corinthians 14, and we'll see in verse 34, one of these scriptures that has been used um, against uh, women ministers. And it says, let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience as also saith the law. And if they learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for a woman to speak in the church. Now, this has been taken as uh, women can't say anything in the church. They can't preach or teach, especially to men, you know, because First Timothy chapter two, and we'll read that in a minute also. So um, I just want to I want you to look a little closer at this. And let's look at it in context. Of course, it says here, keep silence in the churches, for it's not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. Now, what law is that? If you look at any of the law of Moses or other laws in the Bible, you don't find a law that says women can't speak. So this Right here was what we, you know, they called it a law. We could call it a custom of theirs. Um, maybe uh, something that they had come up with to try to keep order in the church because women were evidently talking out in the church. Um, I don't think this had anything to do with a woman preacher. This was uh, women who were evidently asking questions, trying to learn things, but being out of order in a service. Uh, just like you would be out of order in a classroom if the teacher's teaching and you're talking. We used to get in trouble for that all the time in school, <laughs> talking out of turn. And so um, this is a, a little bit more of what he is explaining here because he says in verse 35, and if they learn, if they will learn anything. So here he's talking about learning here. He's talking about these women learning, not teaching or preaching. And so he's certainly not against women preachers or women teachers, praise God. It says, let them keep silence. It doesn't say let them keep silent. It says, keep that atmosphere uh, where 
the Spirit of God can teach through a person and that person not be interrupted by women talking. And I I can say this because I am a, a woman. Women love to talk. <laughs> you know, in fact, I saw a study years ago that women have twice as many words that they say every day than a man. In other words, we talk twice as much and um, use a lot more words than men. Now, I'm sure that there are probably exceptions to that rule. Some women are a little quiet and some men talk a lot. But generally speaking, this study said that women talk twice as much as men. So, you know, again, this could be a problem with, uh, you know, the the atmosphere of learning in these churches is that uh, questions were asked and um, it just says if they have any questions, if they have uh, something that they are curious about, let them ask their husbands at home. Now, um, let's just go ahead and read First Timothy while, while we're here and see this one. It's along the same line. It says in First Timothy chapter 2 and verse uh, 11, let the women learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man but to be in silence for Adam was first form and then Eve. So these scriptures here, again, are talking about a learning environment. Um, Let them learn in silence. It doesn't mean they can't preach or teach or prophesy or it's, it's talking about learning. And then it says not uh, to usurp or take a position that's not been given to you. Um, over the man. Now, it doesn't say all men. It doesn't say mankind. It doesn't even say men. It says the man. In other words, he's talking about husband and wife here. He's not talking about women should be under subjection to every man on the earth. It's uh, it's more of a family um, order here that he's describing. In in other words, uh, the positions in the family. Um, that the man is ahead of the wife. The Bible says that. And some women don't like to hear that. But if you want to go by what the Bible says, there you go. And it does not mean that women are less significant or less important than the husband. It just is a position that is God ordained to make the family a success. That's what God always wants in our life is he wants order and success so that he's glorified and so that we are blessed and happy and protected, et cetera. So that's just simply the positions of husband and wife in the family setting, praise God. And so it's not proper to think that all women should should be subjected to all men and under subjection. So I hope that's clear. I hope you understand what I'm saying there. It says the man, but to be in silence for Adam was first formed and then Eve. So he's talking about husband and wife here. Praise God. But these scriptures have been twisted and turned and, oh my, and weaponized. And it's been quite something to see the result of that. However, let's look at the women that were used so mightily in the word. 
And I believe you're going to be used mightily if you're called to ministry also. Uh, think about Anna. She was uh, a woman that was a widowed. She had given herself to prayer in the temple. And uh, it says that she taught them. She ministered to them when the Lord was born in the church, in the synagogue there. And that she, and this is in my book too, you can read more details about it. Uh, I don't want to read the whole book to you. So um, if you get the book, you can read these things. And it said, she coming in, talking about Anna, to the temple, that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him in the temple to all of them. That means all men and all women that were in the temple that day, Anna gave praise to the Lord and then spake to all of them. Now, if it's wrong for a woman to preach and teach in church, why was Anna doing the wrong thing here? Well, that's a good question. Interestingly enough, too, I, I just find this interesting that in some of these churches where women are not allowed to speak, they could get up and sing. And really singing is just relaying a message to um, a melody. So uh, they're really preaching and teaching through their music, probably sometimes more powerfully through music than just speaking because that song is going to stay with people. They're going to be singing that song all day long, men and women. They're going to be singing what they've heard and uh, being edified through that uh, message in that song. So it's a little bit hypocritical to put a woman soloist up and then not let her speak. You know, she can sing, but she can't talk. Come on. That's it's ridiculous. So um, we see that uh, just, you know, again, some of the hypocrisy of these things. Also, I... Uh, particular denomination that I had some affiliation with early on in my life, they would send women missionaries out. No, no women could talk in the church, but they would send women to be missionaries and even pastor overseas because of the lack of uh, laborers. And it was okay over there, <laughs> but not okay in the United States. Again, it's so ridiculous. Is if it's not okay, it's not okay. Don't do it anywhere. Don't do it overseas if it's not okay. So uh, again, we see some of these things. Now, um, we see also women who prophesied. Now, let's talk about that. Philip had uh, daughters that would all prophesy, and. They they didn't get on to these daughters. In fact, it sounded like he was really excited about his daughters prophesying. And um, the uh, the hypocrisy about that uh, or the irony or whatever is that these daughters that prophesied were speaking to the church because prophecy is to edify the church. When you speak inspired utterance like that by the Spirit of God, it is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. And it's to the church. You can read that in 1 Corinthians 14 and see that prophecy is for the church. 
So um, if you were thinking about his daughters, then they were actually ministering to people, men and women. Um, Also, we see some other New Testament ministry held positions. Um, One was uh, Priscilla and her husband Aquila. She was named even in the Bible before his name. The woman was named first. And they established a church in Rome. They risked their lives for Paul. They actually taught um, Apollos some things about um, the Holy Spirit and educated him. And they did this together, both of them. Because I have heard another uh, lie. <laughs> I'm just going to say outright that if you're married, you can't be in full-time ministry. If you're a woman, if you're single, you can, but if you're married, you can't. Well, Priscilla didn't know that because she was married and she was in full-time ministry with her husband and taught men. She taught Apollos. That's in Acts 18, 18. We see them teaching a very learned man, Apollos. So, um, Praise God. And then we see others um, that were in full-time ministry. Phoebe, uh, it says that she was a patroness, a protectress. And um, I'm reading a little bit here out of the book. She was a wealthy female, able to travel and deliver the book of Romans 800 miles from her where she was, her town. And she supported many works of Paul's ministry. Um, She was the pastor of the church in her town. And then we see Lydia. Lydia was teaching Bible study and had prayer. And, of course, there were men and women in that group. She housed all the the, uh, disciples there of Paul. And... um, We see uh, an apostle. We see others that were evangelists, and they're named in my book, so you can read all that. Um, I love the story about Lois and Eunice in Second Timothy chapter one, verse five, because they so influenced Timothy. Timothy was a young pastor, and uh, Lois and Eunice were, were his mother and grandmother, and Paul said that they these two women had so greatly influenced this young pastor that the same faith that he saw in these women this genuine just heartfelt faith he saw in Timothy and it wasn't in there wasn't any mention of a father or a grandfather i don't know what the father or grandfather what they were doing or who they were or whatever i'm just saying these two women taught this young man And uh, that faith that Timothy had was a reflection of their lives, the women. Um, And if it was wrong to teach a a man or or a pastor, well, these two women were out of order. But Paul didn't get on to him. He didn't say stop it. He was, uh, you know, pretty thrilled about it. And you can, again, read that in uh, 2 Timothy 1.5. Others in uh, leadership positions, we see some in the Old Testament. Of course, Deborah, she was uh, a prophetess called to full-time ministry and a judge. 
and so strong in the Lord and so powerful that Barak actually begged her to go to war with him. Now, isn't that strange? I mean, you wouldn't think that this man would say, you, you've got to go fight with us. You have to come. But he saw something on her, some strong anointing and power, I believe, some strength from God that he would beg her to come and fight. And she did. She went to war. So, uh, you know, it's interesting, again, about, and that whole story is in, is the, in the book, too. Praise the Lord. So um, I want to encourage you that if the Lord has put ministry on your heart and you've heard some of these things, maybe that I've heard growing up or uh, words that would really try to discourage you, maybe even looks, you know, from people, oh, you're in the ministry. <laughs> I've had some of those too. When I, you know, you sit down on the airplane and somebody, we, you know, get to talking to somebody that's a stranger and they say, well, what do you do? And I, I say, well, I'm a, I'm a preacher. Oh, <laughs> so, so shocked, you know, but if you are, you are. And then uh, some of, you know, some people are very nice and say, oh, how wonderful. But others are, you know, interesting. They look at you like you've lost your mind. <laughs> but praise the Lord. God calls women and men. In Acts, the Bible says that when the spirit of the Lord comes on you, um, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. And we already talked about prophesy, prophesying that it's for the church. So how can daughters be prophesying if they're not allowed to speak in church or teach or minister? Well, it's ridiculous. God ordained sons and daughters to prophesy. And he gave, he gave them and gives them today even the utterance to be able to edify the church through prophecy. And um, we should yield to that and, and uh, speak inspired utterance to edify the church. Hallelujah. Um, just one more thing. I think that, um, you know, again, encouraging you and inspiring you to be exactly what call, God called you to do is that we should, our, our whole life should be to please the Lord and not to please man, not to uh, succumb to that kind of pressure of what people are saying. It's more important to go with what God has said in his word and what he's saying to your heart than, um, than to succumb to especially words from people who are going to discourage you or demean you in any way, um, take away from your life instead of add to your life. So um, if you've been in that situation, you know, just turn your ear toward the Lord and uh, let his word speak to you instead of uh, being maybe put down or, or diminished by uh, mankind. It's better to have confidence in God than put confidence in a man. And I'm not talking about your husband or what. I'm just talking about mankind, people. Um, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that, um, Brother Hagin used to say, they'll, they're like a wet blanket. They'll throw the wet blanket on you. 
try to put the fire of God out of your life. Don't receive the wet blankets. Keep on fire for the Lord. Keep stirred up for God. Um, You're mighty and God has made you mighty. And I think that women have such a wonderful voice in uh, encouraging and loving and and compassion, uh, such a powerful voice of uh, that father-daughter element with your father being Father God. And uh, it's just wonderful to be able to, to relay that to people who need God so desperately. And um, so I just, again, want to encourage you, do what God says do. Do the call of God. Be bold. Be strong. And know that God is with you. He is in you. Um, One more thing that I just thought of, um, my husband, David, had been uh, pretty close with uh, Reverend Teal Osborne. And um, he was over at his house one day and T.L. Osborne was talking about Christ and how uh, when he and Daisy, and if you don't know their ministry, they, you know, they've both gone to be with the Lord, but they have wonderful books. They preached all over the world and saw so many salvations and um, many, many miracles. So he was telling David about seeing Christ. First of all, he and Daisy saw Christ in the word. And then they saw Christ in other people. And then they actually had a vision of Christ. But he said what made them unstoppable was when they looked in the mirror and they saw Christ in them. They saw Christ in them. So remember um, that when you are ministering or when you're preaching or teaching, It's Christ in you that's going to uh, draw the people to himself and and draw their hearts to God and to the word. Um, And it doesn't matter if you're male or female. The Bible says, you know, it it doesn't matter male, female, um, the Jew or Gentile, the race. None of that matters. It's Christ that's ministering. And when we see Christ in us as ministers of the gospel, as women, we can be bold and we can be strong in him and do mighty, mighty things for God. So I hope that encouraged you today. God bless you. And if this has helped you, and maybe you know some other women who have been taught uh, wrong things about this subject, Maybe you can let them know to listen. And then again, if you want to get the book, it's available. So we'll show you how to get that too. But uh, until next time, God bless you. Well, thank you for tuning in today to uh, this podcast. We have another one coming up. In fact, it's every other week, the first and third Friday. Hopefully this has spoken to you. If you would like to, we have a magazine. It's called Grace and Faith Journal. And it comes out once a quarter, and we'd love to send that to you. 
has interesting articles, and then it tells what we're doing at Horton Ministries International to help people and to minister people around the world. If you want to email us at office at scarlethorton.com, then you can uh, give us your address. We can send you our Grace and Faith magazine. And if you're in Tampa, Florida, come see us at Grace Harvest Church. We pastor a local church here. Uh, but we mainly want to pray for you uh, and encourage you. So uh, again, if you need prayer, email us for prayer. We'd love to do that. And uh, tune in next time. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.